Hello friends at home, I'm glad to see you here and I hope that you will experience a rich and blessed day that will fill you up with joy and love. Speaking of riches, our passage today comes to us from Mark chapter 12 verses 35 through 44. I hope you enjoy this wonderful story of generous giving offered for us to ponder and to be stirred by the Spirit. But first, music. Listen to the word of God. While Jesus was teaching in the temple, he said, How can the scribes say that the Messiah is the son of David? David himself, by the Holy Spirit, declared, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord, so how can he be his son? And the large crowd was listening to him with delight. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the, the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen.
a humbling passage for a newly ordained pastor, a great reminder to keep my head bowed down. I'm glad you are here to remind me that I am a pastor since I keep introducing myself as the music director. It will take time. I read a few sermons on this and there was surely a lot of, oh, not me, I don't wear a robe, I don't use reverent in front of my name and so forth. Some had a very defensive tone, I would even dare to say. I don't think it's the point of this passage. Here we see the generosity of the woman who had such faith and such trust that she gave all that she had to God. Two coins that meant very little for the overall budget, two coins that meant everything for one's survival, perhaps. Two coins that meant sacrifice, as it might have been the woman's food for the days to come. An offering that made Jesus stop and teach a lesson. I'm always amazed at stories of sacrifice. Here is one that moved my heart. Polish Catholic priest Maximilian Kolbe was one of the few remaining friars running a monastery in Poland in the early years of World War II, which he had turned into a temporary hospital to serve those in need. The place was shut down and he and four others were arrested by the Gestapo and imprisoned on February 17, 1941. A couple months later, he was transferred to Auschwitz and received the prisoner number 16670. Colby continued to serve God by being a priest while imprisoned and he would have suffered much less if he had stayed quiet. He was harassed and beaten relentlessly. Only a couple more months later, a prisoner escaped from Auschwitz, which caused a camp commander to want to teach a lesson to other prisoners so that all would learn that escape would be costly. He picked 10 men who would be starved to death as a punishment on behalf of the one who escaped. One of the selected men cried out, my wife, my children, heartbroken by knowing he would never get to see them again. Father Colby volunteered in his place, knowing that he had no family who would suffer from his absence. A generous offering, a sacrifice that would mean hunger and surely death. But he did this without hesitation, knowing that he might have saved another prisoner's life with the hope of his family being reunited someday. Colby was transferred to a bunker to face his destiny, and despite the cruel treatment, he continued to lead the other prisoners in prayers. He was always calm, often kneeling, according to a janitor's account. Two weeks into the harsh torture, with no food or water, only four men remained alive. Now anxious to empty the bunker for different use, the guards took the men away to receive lethal injections. And again, with full trust in his Savior and Lord, Colby raised his left arm, calmly offering his last gift, his life, waiting for the liquid to enter his body so that he could go and meet Jesus in the kingdom eternal, a sacrificial offering to God. And the man who was saved by Father Colby was eventually released and reunited with his wife, although his sons were killed in the battle. 
The surviving man was a special guest of Pope Paul VI at the Vatican in 1971 when Maximilian Kolbe was beatified for martyrdom. I don't believe that God expects us to offer our roof over our head and to turn in our car to show our devotion to God, as the woman did, or with the little that she had, or to offer a child a sacrifice as Abraham nearly did with Isaac. God offered the ultimate sacrifice by giving God's only son out of love for you and for me, so we don't have to. This passage invites us to look at ourselves, at our practices, to think of our wealth, and to ask ourselves how we can give our life to God. What is God calling us to do? What do we do that Jesus would turn into a lesson for his disciples? Let us pray. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my silver and my gold. Not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. We give ourselves to you, O God. Amen. <laughs>